0: Welcome to the Naval Air Podcast with your hosts, Mike and Scott. How are you doing, Scott?
1: I'm doing pretty good, Mike. Uh, good to be back with you, and I uh, hope everybody had a nice uh, Thanksgiving holiday.
0: Yes, yes, we, we hope everyone's Thanksgiving was satisfactory in the time of COVID. And I don't know what state you're listening in, but different states had different problems, I'm thinking. But we don't want to go there. All right, so Scott... Uh, we got an email. Someone finally uh, listened and heard my begging and sent an email. And it was the gist of it was that they were happy to hear us after, or after that podcast be back after several years. And uh, that this particular person is a fan of military aviation. And uh, excellent. And he's currently a private pilot and he flies for his local civil air patrol. Mm-hmm. So at some point. I know I had an interest in that when I was a teenager, so it might be nice to talk to this gentleman. Well, I'm assuming sure. A, I'm assuming it's a gentleman. Chris McDuffie sent this email. Chris could go either way, I suppose. So that's me just, I guess, uh showing my bias, right? I assume it right. a gentleman. <laughs> so anyway, Chris, thank you for the email. Thank you for answering my or answering my beg, my begging my nagging to give us some feedback. So thank you for that. And then when we're done here, I'll actually respond to his email and say thanks there too. All right, so if you're following along at home, uh, last week we kind of gave you an idea of what was coming up next. Uh, It is a, a course called Common Core. And it's just was to I guess bring those of us who had been out of school for what, let's say we graduated in a school in June. And for me, I started common Core in September, early September. So what, uh, all of June, all of July and all of three months. I had been out of playing with hunting submarines via low far gram. And they thought we needed a refresher in that. That's the, what that was my takeaway from it. I know Scott will have more on that, but, uh, I I do remember thinking that when we started Common Core, A, I don't remember this being on the pipeline list when we we were first told all the stuff we'd be doing. And B, it was a whole lot of different uh, ways of doing it. I mean, some of the stuff we learned in Memphis was like the foundation for what they pounded into us at Common Core. And Common Core was four weeks long. And it was where I first started needing, thinking I needed coffee to stay awake because it was arduous in the brain department. At least it was for me.
1: Yes. That, that, that's exactly, uh, how I would, uh, how I would describe it. It's, uh, it's a, it's a four week, uh, intensive course on, uh, and a more, I would say that intermediate level of, uh, acoustic analysis which is the science of uh identifying the acoustic signatures of particular submarines via uh low far gram analysis it's a very esoteric uh science and some people would approach it even as an art which highly perishable
0: i call it witchcraft
1: requires yeah somewhere requires a great deal of, of uh of training and practice, as well as having a highly uh, analytical mind and the ability to remember a lot of information because um, with the exception of being in your squadron spaces in the aircraft or in uh, like an ASW operations center or something of that sort, uh, you're not gonna have access to that information nor are you gonna be able to discuss it because it's all, uh, what's known as uh, secret, no foreign, which means uh, it's secret and there's no foreign dissemination. You know, there are sometimes there's some caveats that they'll say secret, no foreign, except Canada and United Kingdom, for example. Um, and ironically, the Canadians are the ones that invented um, lofar gram analysis, which was originally known as Jezebel. So that might, uh, that's some, that's, we're going back with some real nostalgia there when we talk about Jezebel and uh, Julie. And later on, Mike and I became familiar with um, a Julie recorder in the helicopter that we later uh, flew in. But we'll talk about that probably in a few weeks. One of the things that I wanted to talk about a little bit in addition to Common Core, because frankly, there's not a whole lot to talk about when it comes to common core of its in and of itself
0: i mean yeah it's, is i was gonna say nothing other than it was eight out well no do we do full eight hours no seven hour days maybe
1: something like that yeah
0: four five days a week for four weeks and it was it was not and no duty yeah yeah no no duty There's no
1: duty in that in that schoolhouse
0: and, and um it was not celebrated like sar school was or a school was i mean it was like okay you're done check out we going had a little day.
1: graduation at the end but but it was very and, very very low-key yeah
0: no photographers right <laughs> no yeah not, not it was just and i don't remember a lot of jolliness right because i you know in a school we were we had jolly it was everyone was young and we were all excited and and this was just It was a drudge.
1: No, you had your you you were hunched over your desk trying to figure out what the hell it was you were doing. Yeah,
0: it was a drudge. Now here's a here's another thing: is that is that practice grams. You know, there's a lot of practice grams that they all they're all the same, right? That you've seen a particular one before, and so you know what it is because you've actually seen this picture before. You know, you remember it because you've seen it so many times, Mm -hmm. especially in a school. But right here. The the practice stuff was less of what you'd seen. It was more newer and up to date. And yeah, it was And and
1: more difficult.
0: Yeah. And it was like I said, it was a drudge. And and uh I don't remember I don't remember feeling like I would fail. I don't remember hearing about anybody failing Common Core.
1: No, I'm, nobody I, nobody in my class failed.
0: And, and you know, and there was no like, okay, you you, you didn't pass a test, we're gonna roll you back you know you fail two tests you kick you out i think at this point the navy thought okay we have enough in you that you know you just gotta show that
1: you're up and you had the basic skill set to be able to uh make it through that course having gone through a school yes yes. you you had the skill set to be able to do it you're just doing it to a a little higher level of uh classification so in in uh a school you learn a propulsion type so in other words uh, in the ASW community when it came down to classification of submarines it went by the propulsion type in other words it's uh, acoustic the acoustic characteristics associated with the main plants and it's auxiliary auxiliaries uh, that were peculiar to this particular type of submarine and then within that type of submarine it may be broken down into individual classes of submarines and that we didn't really learn anything about in a school however when we got to
0: common core yes
1: we learned okay this is a certain type of submarine here's what it looks like i mean here's pictures of it yes type here's type type
0: one and two nuke boats type three nuke boats
1: right right and all of these pretty much all of the submarines that uh we learn about that are in the former Soviet Union uh, Navy are gone. Like all the diesel boats, except for one class is gone. They're all scrapped or ro- or washed up on shore. Like you had the you know, the junk. type one diesels, uh, your whiskey class submarine, like the, the one that ran aground in Sweden, for example, that was one that we, we learned about that was based upon the, uh, or the Zulu, which was based upon a uh, the German, type 21 u-boat um Uh. technology but uh one of the things uh oh i'm sorry go ahead
0: well i was i think i was gonna segue into your thought was that since it was a drudge and since we had no duty we had we had lots of time off
1: yeah (laughs) and i was really lucky once again i think i mentioned this in the previous uh podcast that we did that uh I managed to slip under the radar once again, and when we finished SEER school, um, I was still in the 864 barracks in a different room than when I was even when I went through SEER school, and I was uh, in a room with a guy that uh, was going to HS, and he was just finishing Common Core, and the whole time that I was in Common Core and a good chunk of when I was in HSL, 31 as a student i had my own room wow so i can't yeah i just managed to slip under the radar uh for quite some time until the uh master chief of hsl 31 caught up with me and i had to move
0: so uh, uh, for me i when uh when i checked out of sar school to go to phaso for for and common core i got put into phaso's barracks which is those three-story barracks or right right next to the chow hall Do you remember there's like yep. you walk out there was like uh one uh set of four buildings to the left set of four buildings to the right and i think another set of four buildings next to them so i was in like that first building that was right next to the parking lot and yeah uh, uh i was on the second floor room i was with a bunch of dudes we were all uh we we're all in there not together and i was in a three-man room but every week uh the other two beds were taken up by transient guys, you know, guys are coming through for uh, uh, like a couple days of that uh, corrosion control class. Remember the corrosion control class? So yeah. like they were like there for corrosion control and they're out. I mean, right? Out of so I was in that room for six weeks maybe, and out of the six weeks or six weekends, I uh, I was I was by myself for half of them easily. Yeah, so it was a revolving door, and it was crazy. But yeah, I was in that until uh, HSL-31, and then I moved to the the five-story barracks. You know, 478 or whatever it was. But yeah, 864 well, by the, yourself, that's, yep. <laughs> that's,
1: that's awesome. And no room inspections, the, right? Yeah. No room inspections, and I was in a room all the way at the end, a corner room, um, facing that... Uh, that back road
0: okay that was oh opposite
1: that, to the main drag by the flight line yeah yeah okay so that that building.
0: section of 864 is where hs10 students hung out right
1: yeah they were in the uh they were in the other wing i think okay I'm but they're mistaken.
0: they're still part of 864 though yeah yeah because i remember visiting you know uh dudes like bruff and freeze over there
1: right So one of the things I was going to talk about was just at the time that Mike and I were were in uh, San Diego going through all of these different schools. um, San Diego was was next to uh, the Norfolk area. It was probably about the same same in the way of the, the number of bases and personnel. There was a lot going on in San Diego County with the Navy and the Marine Corps. So we were, we were at uh, N.A.S. North Island, which was out on Coronado Island. And at the time, North Island was the largest industrial complex in naval aviation. There was a, a naval air rework facility there where they had multiple helicopter squadrons and they had the uh, S3s uh, were stationed there. And as Mike said, there's, you know, you're in San Diego, there's. There's a lot of stuff to do. So as time went on, more and more guys had cars, yep. and we started started broadening our horizons a little bit. Uh, one of our buddies had a van, and uh, <laughs>
0: Randy Frazier, yes, <laughs> yeah, we uh,
1: we would go to the beach in his van, or we went to the drive-in movies. I remember one time in uh, uh, El Cajon, different different thing. We went to to Disney, uh,
0: Disneyland, but that was back in yeah, star school. That was that was yeah,
1: that was a little a little earlier along. But you know the thing about Common Core is it 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 doesn't really uh, stand out in my mind too much only because it was a very uh, you know cerebral type of a school where you just went and you're just doing this gram analysis all day uh, that you're there and uh, you you just have to get through it so that you can go because by this point you're you're starting to focus on the fact that heck, in a few more weeks, I'm going to be flying, and you just have to get through it. Yeah, I mean, um,
0: I, almost a year. Been in the Navy almost a year at this point. I mean, we left yeah. in no- middle of November, and I'm starting Common Core the first week of September. Yeah. So
1: yeah. yeah, it's a fairly protracted process to go through the AW pipeline. Even even if you lined everything up and with no breaks, it's it's still a pretty long training uh, syllabus that you have to go to go through multiple schools and some of them are, you know, the training that we did was, was very diverse. I mean, you know, you're talking about rescue swimmer school, SEER school, and now common core, which is very, very, uh, you know, esoteric and cerebral versus the very physical of, uh, of SAR school. And then that really characterizes, uh, being a helicopter air crewman in a nutshell, because, as a helicopter air crewman, I you were kind of a jack-of-all-trades kind of a guy. So on the same mission, you could come down and uh, help load sauna buoys into the aircraft, do a daily and turn on the aircraft, go out, fly a mission, and, and then you're going to do another mission where you're going to search for somebody that fell overboard and be potentially ready to go in the water. So that was kind of the, the appeal for helicopters, but common core for us, H two guys didn't really have a lot of applicability only because we didn't have any equipment nope. to, to use any of these skills. The only, the only platform
0: so, at the time of five, right? There's five platforms. Um, cause you know, Mark three was coming up and they had some acoustic analysis,
1: uh, you know, the H three had the SDC, the sonar yes. data computer. Yes. Uh, but so out of we,
0: the i, I was say out of the five platforms we had no. I mean, other than the, the the ping distance, you know, whoop-de-do. Right. Well, also
1: the passive low far fixing.
0: Yeah, none of that. We said we, we piped all that back to the boat, but
1: yeah. Right, which also leads me to believe to say that uh, it was good to be familiar with. Uh, what your data linking back to the ship so you could speak intelligently with the the sonar operators that are out op, there operating what's known what was known as an s q r seventeen, which is basically a shipboard version of the a q a seven that the p threes had at the time yes, yeah so uh, which is a low far grand recorder yeah,
0: uh, but the the point you're making is that even though it was not good for h two guys or we wouldn't use it, the Navy does not distinct right they didn't say okay well it's not in your airplane you don't have to do it it's like oh you're in this rating you're going to take you're going to take this class
1: well not you, only did you, you yeah, have no to choice. take the class but later on uh you had to take the the annual wing acoustic exam on top of it
0: oh i'm so glad i missed that i'm so and, and glad the, and, I missed it.
1: and that was actually a big deal for the skipper of the squadron because you know like if you had a bunch of guys in the squadron that that you like you fail that wing acoustic eval you know that's on his fit rep so yeah. when that was getting time to get ready for that course you know they're, they're uh, the uh that's the time when the only about the only time i ever saw the division officer kind of <laughs> like sweating all over our teeth <laughs> hey the guy's studying and yeah, you know yeah. this and that yeah. uh that's because <laughs> you know his ass is on the line if we tube that test and he's got to explain to the skipper uh you know why half the guys in the shop uh you know, failed this test,
0: and we had to do that before so, deployment. I remember doing. Yeah. Okay, so I remember before deployment, I did
1: one on deployment. What did we do it in PI?
0: Okay, I know we took a reco I, test before we sailed.
1: I remember that. I did it in Japan, actually. Uh, and, we studied with uh, HS12, and then we took it with those guys.
0: But I think, but now that you mentioned doing it on deployment, I think we might have did it in the PI, and we spent probably did, and we spent the cruise on the way out there brushing up on acoustic stuff
1: yeah but yeah oh it yeah did, well didn't have to. when we were in japan we spent if we weren't on the f- flying the our and we had a really cool chief he's like are you guys uh you guys need to be uh, training we're like uh okay chief so we, we would just go over to hs12's aw shop all day so yeah we were in their shop training bullshit you know comma <laughs> I, I know. we're kind of you know yeah BSing and horsing <laughs> just, around but you're sitting around talking about anything but yeah i mean and we did we did the test and uh we 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 passed it and we actually did pretty good on it but uh yeah so the uh it was interesting at the time only because we're really learning about the actual submarines and we see what they look like and what their missions are and uh you know what weapons they carry and stuff like that so that part of it i found interesting i wasn't really too excited about doing the actual uh, gram analysis um, and they were much more picky about how they graded you and a lot of what they graded you on was what they know what's known as annotation yes we didn't really touch on that too much when we talked about uh, uh, learning to do uh, gram analysis in A school um, they did teach us how to annotate but in a very basic sense but when you got to common core they gave you this piece of paper that had all this stuff to fill out yes and and then you had to i have a scan itself
0: i have a scan copy one of those around here somewhere i'm I'm gonna have to find it yeah
1: they were really really big on uh what we would hear in the navy from day one of boot camp attention to detail and even neatness counted i mean it was just they were just the one thing because they a lot of these guys were s 3 um sensor operators and in their world, that's part of how they were graded. I mean, that was the same thing with the P-3 mentality. You know, you came back from a flight and you're graded by the evaluators in the ASW operations center. And that was a big deal for, for the patrol plane commander and the TACO. You know, how well did your sensor operator annotate your sensor operators do their log, their logging and how well did they do their annotation of their grams? because in order to reconstruct, they need that annotation. They didn't have the kind of uh, digital recording systems like they have now. It was all done by hand for the most part. So annotation of the Grams was a major part of what we did in that course because a lot of times you could cite Reco and go, yep, that's a type one diesel. And, yeah. oh yeah, it looks like it's this. They, they didn't want you to do that. Yeah, no. They wanted you to go through the whole process, find, dig out the different, uh, you know, frequ- frequencies, you know, crankshaft rates, crank, uh, cylinder rates and whatnot, and, and get the, uh, information. They did not want you to cite Reco. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was a little tedious. I think tedious would be the best way to describe the, the whole, the whole school.
0: I would agree with that assessment.
1: I mean, I didn't, I didn't dislike it, but I wasn't like, oh, this is cool.
0: Yeah, no. I, for me, like I said, it was a drudge. Four weeks, get through it, and then get to the rag because you know I'm ready to fly.
1: Yeah, exactly. That, learn- that was pretty much. What we talked about too, really, and I was like, man, I can't wait to get this over with, so we can get to, you know, we were close, we were close enough, just being at the base where, you know, I used to go down to the flight line, dude, you used to go, yes, see the helicopters out there, and you're going, well, you even know, you it, just can't wait, and then you'd see them, you'd see them flying up the South Bay, and you know, wow, well, I'm going to be in one of those things in a matter of weeks here, you know, yeah, so well, you're kind of chomping at the bit,
0: even the running, you know, when we're running at SAR school and we're running, running across. flight line right we're running next to the hs flight line so all we saw was taxiing you know h3s and 46s and whatnot and or you'd see the airplanes in the sky i mean because
1: and then we got a little taste of it you know in in sar school you know because when when we went to sar school that was the first time i'd ever been up in a helicopter before so uh and and i really liked it so you know then i was uh I'd, i'd gotten bitten And uh, I I got a little taste, and now I wanted uh, to go out and start doing it. And I got to get past this. This Common Core was like an obstacle that you had to leap over, you know, um, without uh, falling flat on your face, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And as far as, like, the schoolhouse itself that we're in, it was in the same building, which was a World War II-era wooden building that – the rescue swimmer school was located and it was in the wing right next to it. So, you know, we're seeing guys that we knew, uh, and I, I may have even noticed Mike out there cause he was one class behind me. You know, uh, he's out there doing, uh, uh, you know, flutter kicks and I'm already at, at that point, you know, just starting uh common core while he was finishing up rescue swimmer school. Yeah. Um, and I think we talked about before, I believe there was two classrooms. So there was two classes going at the same time. And I believe they started a class every two weeks. Yeah. So so if you core. were
0: if you were not, if a class had already started, you had to, you know, Faisal would find something for you to do. I was fortunate. I pretty,
1: yeah. I, I checked in and I like the next Monday or, you know, whenever I got out of Sears school, I almost immediately started to S- Common Core. Same here uh, without any weight. And I had, you talked about John Bruff. He was in my class and he sat up above me and, or above me. He sat in front of me and, and, uh, he used to, I remember him turning around looking at me like, what the F is this? And you know, cause <laughs> you know, looking at this, uh, you know, Graham and just rolling your eyes and going, I have no idea. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we got, uh, we got through it. Um, I got promoted to uh, E three, and it's interesting. Back then, uh, in order to get promotion, you know, you had to have what they call time and grade,
0: and which and get
1: a certain number of time,
0: and you had to finish the BMR.
1: Yeah, I had to do the Airman book. Yeah,
0: basic military, basic requirement, military yeah.
1: requirements. military requirements, Airman. <laughs> yeah, but it was book- like doing a, it was like doing a fun. Yeah, you know, it was. In a workbook.
0: It was a workbook with a. Multiple choice, you know the scantron at the back of it, right? But the yep. thing the thing was is that th- the answer key for the BMR was floating around every barracks. There was, yeah, right. So all you do is ask somebody, "Hey, you got a you got the answer key The BMR?" Would show up in your hand, and you sit down and copy the scantron because you walked into the PSD with it, and that mm-hmm. and they just slid it underneath the you know the copy with the holes punched out. Yeah. Right, Mark off how many you missed. And so, you know, I was convinced that the, the last person who actually completed it was probably 10 years before. And we just passed her on the answer key. Cause you know, nine months and fill this thing out and it was automatic. To and become... you had to
1: fill out a request chit Yes. And, uh, you know, it goes up the chain of command and I was looking at mine the other day and, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the the chief petty officer in charge of the common core school was actually like a, like a GS 15 or something like that. Uh, who was a retired master chief. And, uh, he was the guy that signed it as the uh, division officer on, uh, on ours. Um, yeah. So I made E3. So I got a little bit more, uh, more money in the wallet. You know, I still didn't have a car. Um, I think there was maybe one or two guys in our class,
0: now, is there a reason you, a you 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 uh,
1: passed? I might have slummed around with Mike maybe a little bit, well, but yeah. we we're kind of like uh, in a divergent path for a little while. So, uh, you know, he was living in a different part of the base, going through a different part of the school. So, we didn't uh, we didn't really uh, we, did, we didn't we didn't circle back together
0: out. until we got till I got to the rag, and then we're
1: yeah yeah and then there was kind of like the the old the old group was sort of back together again that we had in a school um and oh my with gosh. a few other with a few additions um
0: and i remember a lot of clowning going on in that in that in that air <laughs> crew trading room
1: oh yeah yeah we had a lot of we we did have a a heck of a lot of fun i w- I, I will have to say um yeah, so there's really, like I said, there's not a whole lot to say about Common Core. So,
0: just out of curiosity, why why do you think you did not uh, get yourself a vehicle? Did you did you think cause
1: well because I I, I I had it in my mind that I was going to Hawaii.
0: Okay, I, that's where I was so kind of that's I was kind of leading it. Okay.
1: Yeah, I wanted I really wanted to go to Hawaii, and of course it worked out that way. And uh, so I was saving my actually saving my money. I was. I had an allotment out of my paycheck and, and that's what I used to buy the buy a car when I got to Hawaii, which I didn't even buy until I Because fin- when I got to Hawaii, I it up almost within a couple of months. And really? then I was kind of like, debted up until the last year that I was there. I was there three years and the first two years I was there, I was pretty much on a debt except for like the first couple of months I was there. So... I was pretty busy uh, the first two years. I was on sea duty, now, which is a good thing. Saved a lot of money, stayed out of trouble, learned a lot of stuff.
0: Did uh, did thirty seven go to the debt concept like thirty five did or no?
1: Uh, not really. I mean, no, they didn't have like a debt concept. It was sort of like what you guys did. You know, okay, you're going on debt. Okay, here's a cage. Here's a helicopter. Get your. Here's all your stuff okay do your work go on cruise come back you go turn all your stuff back in you go back to the shop um uh, but i was i volunteered to go back right back out again and because i really wanted to do a afford deployed debt in japan so i did that and then i came back and then the last year i was there i didn't do anything so you know i got my i got everything out you know i did two deployments and now i was skating for the last year i was there <laughs> and I really did. I mean, I really skated that last year. Sure. I was flying and doing stuff, but it was pretty chill. You know, uh, the chief we had, our, our chief was actually the chief that we had as a first class instructor in HSL 31. So, you know, could pretty much do what I wanted. I got, I got some crappy day jobs that I had to do in the squadron. I got stuck in calm and, did that actually I was in comm with Russ. Russ Miller and I were working in com. Really? We'll talk about this stuff in detail a little, little later on. Sure. But uh, we get to you got these collateral uh, what we call shitty little jobs that you get stuck with in addition to being a AW and a flyer. You're you're the you're basically the uh, manpower that makes the squadron run, I have to say, in a squadron. You know, we the AWs were the go to people. If they needed something to get done they came down to the aw shop because most of the time we're sitting around on our rear end anyway so they had to find something <laughs> that's for right us to do. i was gonna
0: say they're just you know training air quotes training yep
1: yeah well they they also knew that uh they could rely upon us if they needed us to get something done that we, it would get done
0: yeah the typically uh you know the i'd like to blow the blow the horn but Typically, the smarter group of people, All right? So, yep. The problem the problem was is that they al- they also know that they're the smart group of people, and so they tend to, you know, in addition to do what you want, they 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 will try to shortcut it the best they can.
1: Yeah, we also knew how to hide really well too. <laughs> That's right.
0: Yeah. So oh, was, I was the
1: ma- I was the master of that at one point when I was in Hawaii. Believe me.
0: Yeah, there was there was a well, I mean, I don't want to get into fleet squadron shenanigans. We can save that for the next time. But, um, like if you rolled up to the air, the air crew shop, right, and you were the only dude in the room, it was probably it would probably behoove you to leave. And go find something, yeah. New because that's usually the first place they look when they needed, you know, they needed yeah. somebody to do something. Ah, head up to the. Hey, a-
1: I, w- I need to go to PSD and sign a page thirteen, yeah. so you disappear <laughs> yeah, for a couple hours. Right. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I used to do,
0: dude. I I, I can't remember. Or, hey, you
1: know, I need to go over to, uh, you on, know, to uh, on the way to whatever, Chow. Yeah, and,
0: uh, I got to stop. Well, PSD, obviously, right? On the way to Chow, yeah, I got to go to
1: PSD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you were a solid, if you were a solid performer, um, you yeah. know, as far as being an AW and you'd got a cruise under your belt and you had a good reputation, you had it made. And as an AW, you really did.
0: Yeah. I didn't give you too much of a hard time.
1: No, nah, I, I didn't get a hard time for anything. The whole time I was in the NHSL in 37, they, they treated me, uh, they treated me really well. I, I can't, I don't have any complaints. Um, had some good COXOs, some really good department heads and whatnot. Um, and you know that that's interesting. Up until this point in the military, we'd had very very little interaction, if any, with any officers, other than like Seer School. You know, you go through yeah. and, and a little bit in NACUS. Really didn't have much inter- interaction with the officers. No. Uh, to this point, that was a little later on. So. Coming. Yeah. Um, that was just kind of the the way things were. With what our training was we didn't really mesh with the officers till we got to the to the fleet replacement squadron um
0: and and then it, it, and at that point it was a little bit uh i don't want to say adversarial but it wasn't happy all right mostly because they, yeah. they come and walk on our freshly mopped decks
1: well yeah, I mean, like the the JOs that are going through the rag, they're they're all pretty cool because they're JOs and they're trying to fit they're trying to find their way in the in the world and they they're they're trying really hard not to make people mad. Uh for the most part, um and then you had some of the uh more senior some of the FRS instructors, you know, they were the lieutenant commanders and stuff. Some of them could be a little bit of uh I don't know not as cool i guess as you could i, don't know, I just because don't know you you don't you don't yeah. you haven't really established yourself you know that and, and and they haven't really proven themselves to you yet either because you're the one that's got to go out and fly with them and put your trust in these guys and some of them are a little eh, you know a little shaky well we're, we're all because we're learning right and i had a, i had an image in my mind that these guys were like on it like like on a pedestal i mean they could do no wrong i mean these guys are naval aviators right and then you kind of discover that well you know what they put their pants on just, just like just we a do bunch they of dorks like it. everybody else yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yep that's right
0: some more dorky than so others. what
1: recollections do you have of common core that uh that have been jogged in your well, memory okay
0: so i you know you talk about the form and i know i have a scanned copy of it somewhere so while you've been while you've been. Uh, doing your reminiscing I'm trying to find it and the problem is I can't remember what I named it right so that's problem number one um I thought I stuck it in the, oh right oh anyway if I if I do this I can't think and talk at the same time so I'm gonna have to stop um but yeah uh I remember being bored at some points because you know they couldn't leave anybody behind so if somebody was not getting it they got extra attention to help them get it
1: uh, yeah they had rock study in uh um that's what we call it too i think was rock study um yeah so during it, common core
0: so and i don't remember the specific time of class i you know I want, I don't want to, I want to say we were out of there by three o'clock in the afternoon. I know it started at like seven or seven thirty. Um, you know, I remember my instructor was, he did not suffer fools. I know that if you're grab assing too much, you get a little bit pissed off. Um, especially when he's trying to help the, you know, you've got it. You've done your, you've done your gram. You've identified it. You know, you've annotated it. You said, okay, I know what, what kind of boat this is. Um, Cause you talked about that. That's what I remember learning about, you know, the, the NATO names we had for these submarines and which type of what boat they were. Right. Yep. Uh, and the, and the little mnemonics we used to employ that to, to, uh, help us remember them.
1: Yeah. Some of those are somewhat, uh, beyond PG 13 rated. <laughs> as <what I'd>
0: say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh so I remember that. I remember uh, at one point, uh, Rich Freeze and I came up with a fake Cyrillic alphabet as a joke that we could annotate the uh, U.S. boats with. <laughs> you know, like we were right. like we were Russian dudes tracking U.S. submarines. We'd annotate it with this fake Cyrillic alphabet. Um, Yeah, our instructor didn't appreciate that that effort either. (laughs) Um, I remember. I remember the motorcycle safety class was in the same building on the first floor.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, So they would. They would. um, They they would pull up like Thursdays. I mean, it's like only a two day class because I went through it at one point because I bought myself a bike I had to go through it but that was in the same building and so I remember them you know like they'd be hanging out right below the our windows getting ready to go take their class on their bikes um, I just remember uh, some barrack shenanigans uh, I remember you know the football season started I remember that uh, that seemed to be a big deal during Comic core for some reason um but yeah it like i said to me it was a drudge you know it was i was bored i mean i had i had picked this stuff up and i and i was i was also probably starting to realize or take on the mentality that okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna be lampsmark one dude i'm not gonna do any acoustic analysis um even on the advancement exams, the AWH advancement exam has very little acoustics on it. So, you know, I'm just not going to, you know, I'm just going to do the minimum to get by and that's going to be the end
1: of it. Well, I mean, at that time, you all you had, it was to have a pulse to get <laughs> through to the final multiple and make, make uh, AW3, right?
0: No, no, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, Okay, so you want to talk about advancement exams, let's see, I got, I took, I got a lineup of my brain. So I landed at 33 in April of 84, and I put on, so, you took the test, I think I took the test in July of 84, and the results came out in October, and they had first cycle, you know, the first uh, increment, right? First increment, second increment, mm-hmm. third increment, and then the uh, what's the what's the next group called? The um, the guys that ha- could pass, but they didn't know when they were going to get actually get paid for it. Do you remember what they were called? And they had, they had th-
1: uh, when you're like when you're frocked, you mean?
0: Yeah, but they frock you, but you were your first increment, second increment, third increment, and then the next there's three more groups after that.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I just forget what they were called.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I, I. But you I know what I'm talking about. That. They would,
0: yes, they would frock them, but they wouldn't get paid for almost six months as a. Oh, okay. Um, but I made it first increment. I mean, the results came out. I put the crow on like right then and, um, because I did good on the not <laughs> on all the non-acoustic crap. Um, I in somewhere also somewhere, I have my uh. You know the the your score sheet, with the with all yeah. the different the different things. I have all
1: those. I um, saved all of those too. And they
0: had like two little codes, like superior and next, you know, whatever. So I you could see I did really good on the Helo crap, the non-acoustic yep. crap, you know, radar, MAD, Helo operations, but the acoustic stuff, you know, uh, I kind of dumped it after Common Core was over. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't um, just you know I. You want to use the analogy like there's a, like the ice flow that is my brain has only room for so many penguins, right? And so when one comes on, somebody else gets pushed off. Right. And, um,
1: well, and as we said, uh, it's a it's a perishable skill. You have to yes yes absolutely keep doing it to be good at it. You know, and there's some people who are really good at it. You know, some of those P three guys were just uh incredible in the s three guys that was their bread and butter you know well absolutely yes i would I would yeah. think
0: you know you would think that that's would come with that territory a use it or lose it yeah. kind of a thing right exactly all right, so what else we talked about time off um i had a I had a set of wheels. I got that almost right away because for some reason I was dumb. I should I should have
1: waited. Well, but. I mean, you're in San Diego. You you you're 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 virtually a prisoner on the base there, and unless you got wheels, you know, yeah, you know, I, unless I, you want to ride public transportation or something.
0: I you know I had I had a couple of friends you know we had had vehicles. I just don't know. I for some reason I I guess the experience in Memphis of being locked in down there. And mm-hmm. the only way you're going to get off is if you could borrow someone's car.
1: Well, and then San Diego was just was so much more oh, appealing. It gosh. was summertime, you know. Oh yes, beaches and, and, and all of that. We'd yeah, We go to the exactly. beaches.
0: The we go to La Jolla for the cove and scuba there, or not scuba but snorkel right. there. Um, yeah. And you know, you mentioned that 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 San Diego has a lot of navy. I mean, if you think about it, so there's like seven naval bases or installations there. There was. Um, there was North Island. There was Naval Amphibious Base Coronado, that's two. There's yep. uh the submarine base, three. Yep. There was the recruit training center, that's four. Uh 32nd Street Naval Station, five. Um the ASW Center next to mm-hmm. RTC. Yep. Uh six. What am I forgetting? Imperial oh, Imperial Beach. Beach.
1: Yeah. So And then you also had Miramar.
0: Oh yep, and, yeah, can't, and
1: can't forget Miramar and the hospital. Yep, Balboa, the Navy Hospital, and then uh, you also had in San Diego County, you had Camp Pendleton, the Marine Corps base, you had uh, the recruit depot, Damn, and then sorry. you also had the Naval Weapons Station in Fallbrook. Those are all in San Diego County. So yeah, there's a lot going on in yeah. uh, in that area. Um, that this was at the height of the cold war before we had any of the Bracks going on. So there was yeah. a lot of military, uh, California had like dozens of major military installations at the time.
0: A lot of squids, a lot of squids rolling around town.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> you exactly. Know? Yep. And, and, uh, which, which has all of the downsides that go with it. If you went over to the area around, uh, uh, point loma and outside of uh ntc you had the the guy the places that are trying to sell uh, the young guys uh used cars and diamond rings and the rent to own places like yes yeah. yeah yep exactly literally right outside the main gate and of then the, of those and then places. other industries
0: that spring up around military installations not including yeah, now, not, not including tattoo parlors but and professional but North island
1: was an North Island was an anomaly when it came to yeah, that because was it was there. on Coronado yes. which at the time had the highest per capita number of retired flag officers I, I want to uh, say that, that still any exists. city in the United States that probably still so, exists very yeah. very upscale uh, community so the The local um, constabulatory and population <laughs> didn't put up with any nonsense with any sailors off base the, and because it was expensive, most guys just they just just went through Coronado yes and across the bridge to get over into it's downtown San Diego proper yeah. and uh, there was parts of San Diego even downtown at the time that were off limits
0: like the barrio um, underneath uh, the bridge.
1: Yeah, play things like that, yeah, in a lot of areas outside the main gate of uh, 32nd Street there in National City, which was not a very nice area.
0: Okay, so, you know, you talk about National City. I lived, uh, When I came back from deployment, that's a place I could find, I could afford by myself was in National City. It had the nickname mm-hmm. of Nasty City for a reason. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, it, it had the same stuff outside the gate that NTC did was, you know, tattoo parlors, the used car lots. Um, the uh, other houses of ill repute, shall we say? Uh, right. But I here's the funny thing is I, around NTC, I saw more professional. Professional, you know, ladies walking around there than I saw. Uh, at the Thirty Second Street side, for some reason, they were preying on the youngsters more than the fleet dudes.
1: Yeah, and well, and not only did we have that, we also had. Uh... Tijuana as a uh temptation Never for the went young, uh, I, I never I, went to I, Tijuana. I did uh I did one time when we were in HSL thirty one, some of us went down there and that and that was uh I was like kinda underwhelmed.
0: Yeah. So it was, yeah.
1: wasn't really like eh. Didn't really have that much fun.
0: I had more fun at the enlisted club at the, on the amphibious base than I had anywhere else really.
1: Right. Uh, they were I mean, a hell of a lot safer there too. Yeah,
0: and they had live music. And they would let the girls, you know, girls from town, they would let them in there. So you'd have someone to, you know, dance with, I guess, or get to know or whatever. And at
1: at that time, they also had the beer machines in the barracks, too. (laughs) So they don't that's been long, long gone. And the other thing they had, which at the time, um, you could talk about the strippers, uh, aren't you? They had the the, uh, the lingerie models yeah. at lunch <laughs> in the, uh, in Enlisted the club clubs, there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> These are all, you know, what would be considered uh, politically incorrect, but yeah. uh, commonplace.
0: Well, dude, it it, it dried up during my time there because somebody complained.
1: Sunday- yeah, probably some admiral's wife got her uh, her panties in a bunch over it. And, Sunday afternoons. You know, complained to her husband or something. <laughs>
0: Sunday afternoons, the uh, the enlisted club in, uh on the Gator Gardens, what it was called. The Gator Gardens had uh, the lingerie models on Sunday afternoons, and then one Sunday they stopped showing up. Yep. And we asked the bar, you know, the bar manager, dude. Hey, what's up? Uh, they're not coming back.
1: <laughs> well, not so, too long sorry, after uh, you got out of the navy and I came back on shore duty, they got a new command. Uh, they had a a one star or Rear Admiral, I think, Rear Admiral Upper Half, I think, that was, uh, their title was uh, Commander Naval Bases San Diego, and so they're in administrative command of all the bases, so they can set all the different uh, rules and policies, you know, they're, they're kind of like the, the, uh, the housekeeping for all the bases, and... Has nothing to do with the fact that she was a woman, but yeah, it was a woman. <laughs> this particular, this particular admiral, and in her infinite wisdom, uh, she said, 18 to twenty-one year olds cannot consume alcohol on the base." What? Yeah.
0: Oh my Which goodness. Which was
1: really, really dumb. Yes. And and I and I can remember flying with, uh, I don't know, maybe I was flying with the XO, XO, the skipper, and. He was like not happy about it, because he was worried that like all of his young sailors are going to go out, and head down to Tijuana, yeah, and uh, you know get themselves in trouble.
0: I mean, because you know when we were there, or at least when I was there, I mean on base eighteen, you know under twenty one was beer only. Yeah, and even then it was supposed to be three two
1: beer. Right.
0: Um, but at least it was something.
1: Yeah, it was it was a bad decision. Which, you know, I don't know if it was ever reversed, but that was the – that's what was going on not too long, you know, like in the in the, in the the mid-late 80s uh, when that particular admiral took uh, command of that naval base in San Diego. And she's also the one that established, like, the premises that were, you know, off-limits and all these kinds of things. And it did uh, lend itself to guys going to Tijuana, you know. And I, when I was an instructor, a couple times I got called by the shore patrol and I had to collect <laughs> – People down there because they had the shore patrol at the border station. And if the border patrol, you know, suspected a guy was in, they'd ask him for identification. And a lot of these guys, all they had was their military ID. Yep. And if they were coming across and they appeared intoxicated, they were calling the shore patrol. So, and they had the shore patrol there, and then they're, you know, they get put on the pad and they got to go see the old man for drinking a beer in mexico which i think is just outrageous but i think they were the, the the thing was they were the there was becoming that period of time mike where there was a zero tolerance for alcohol in the military that went you know way over the top i think what i think, with I how think they, there
0: still is yeah,
1: yeah i think it there still just, is they were yeah they just went high really high and right on that
0: well i okay so i remember um you want to talk about time off uh so my buddy rich freeze right he um he had an alcohol related incident and he had to do that alcoholic training class with a bunch you know if you get in trouble with the police or whatever yeah um it was like a it was like a two week and it was over at 32nd street i drove him over there. there's like three dudes i took over there i want to say mike dion was another one of them that that was their their uh or punishment for losing control is they had to go through this. Uh, gosh, I wish I could remember the name it was some alcohol education class thing. Mm-hmm. And the funny right. thing, and the funny thing was, is I drive them over the bridge and take them to this thing, drop them off, and then spend the, their two hours of class time inside the club myself. Drinking. <laughs> well, I didn't drink too much because I was broke. Um, I played video games mostly. You know, fed quarters to a to an arcade machine the time there's the
1: there's the irony right yeah
0: um but you know speaking of being broke there'd be times though we'd you know i'd be driving you know because i had the car we'd go into san diego or um into the suburb areas you know like uh you know like the shopping malls in uh, in uh chula vista or you know there's some shopping Mm -hmm. malls out that way right um
1: yeah well, also that the the Mesa there, Kearney uh, Mesa and the, all that area at that time was virtually undeveloped. That wasn't until uh, probably four or five year, years later when uh, they finally lifted the moratorium on development because they weren't sure if they were going to build an airport out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then that, that area just exploded and it's all houses now.
0: So, so but there'd be times where like between who, me and my passengers, we didn't have enough money to Pay the toll to come back over the bridge, <laughs> Jeez. but i had half to take a gas, so we take the long way around, <laughs> you know, down to Peril up Beach, the up the Strand, yeah, <laughs> more than once. More than once that happened to me. Come on, who's got a dollar twenty? No man, I'm tapped wow. out. <laughs> between, that's crazy. Between three dudes and the ash and the coins in the ashtray, we couldn't scrape up a dollar twenty to go back to North Island. Uh, you know, that's especially crazy. especially on those three weekend paydays, you know. you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah saturday night payday's still two days away you got nothing
1: yeah it yeah. Re- it reminds me of uh of being in japan and blowing my cola in one night because in japan <laughs> we got a cost of living allowance it's like 400 bucks uh-huh but if you went to, to- if you went to tokyo uh, uh to the you know like uh sinjuku or, or where all the the clubs were you could burn through that pretty damn quick there nice yeah
0: good use of government money right there yep all right so i don't think we have anything else to say about common core really no um, or or our late after our shenanigans um but uh now we're
1: gonna get to the we're gonna get to the fun, fun stuff. stuff i suspect just, this is just like common core was <laughs> yeah, we just had right. to get past this particular <laughs> yeah, that's podcast, right we right. could
0: we could left it we could not that but you know we got to be true to the, to the pipeline. Um, I suspect though, that the, the, when we talk about the rag, it's going to be probably two, two episodes worth of material.
1: Yeah. Cause yeah I, at, le- at least maybe even, maybe even three, because, you know, I, I was there before you and then, and then you were there after me. So there's, there's a pretty good, you know, uh, yeah. I was there from September to March the following year, you know. Well that, that's a long freaking time when I look back on it. October, you know, I was there what
0: October to April for yeah, me. December,
1: January. Yeah, yeah six I was months there six months. Almost yeah. at least six months and a few days. So it was uh but it was it was a good time. It was uh one of the best times I had uh in the Navy was that that six yep. months, you know. Yep,
0: yep. That was a that was a good uh I would agree a lot of uh,
1: camaraderie and uh you know we're flying and we're doing our thing finally, kinda, finally putting everything we're, together
0: we're,
1: yeah yep yeah, kind of kind of kind of living large a little bit within our uh <laughs> yeah. our uh, yeah. our egos I think yeah. we started getting the extra money yes, you know, yes. We're, we're getting, big, big we're 80, getting uh, pro- bucks. promoted you know so you know things were just uh was, our trajectory was going nowhere but up at this point
0: yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Good times for sure. Yep. All right then. So, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do the standard closing, uh, Chris's email, notwithstanding, we'd like to get more. Um, again, it's nice to know if people are, are listening and it's nice to know if we're striking a chord or, um, you know, people are enjoy, enjoying what we're talking about or if they have suggestions of what we should cover or any of that. And stuff.
1: also pass the, pass the word too. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're, uh, as Mike has said from his very beginning with this podcast that he started, uh, you know, over 10 years ago that, uh, you know, we, we'd like to, for this to be a, re- uh, repository of, uh, of other, uh, people's experiences within stars, the, in. uh, naval aviation community, not just the H2 community, but, you know, like if you're a guy and you were a uh, an aq or an ax or an at or you know some other rate in uh you know your experience within uh naval aviation going through uh your uh experiences we would definitely uh would like to uh to hear from you
0: we'll even let the stick monkeys talk if they want
1: yeah yeah, yeah. exactly
0: um yeah so it's Anybody and everybody, you know, stories, stories need to be captured and and, and kept. And uh, all the stories are, you know, they're all meaningful and they all, they're all important. So yes, we'd like to. Yep, absolutely. We'd like to hear from, and we'd like to hear straight from the horse's mouth if you're comfortable talking about it. So so yes, send us an email, mike at navalair.net or scott at navalair.net. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, please let us know, okay? And so, with that, I'll do my standard closing and say thank you for listening. Stay safe and God bless.